It was one game, one night, against one really crappy opponent. So it's really tempting to try to downplay what we saw from O'Neill Cruz. And yet I can't bring myself to do it. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 12, Cubs 1. Cruz had a bases clearing double, an RBI single, a steal. He scored on a sack fly, threw a baseball 99 miles an hour across the infield diamond for the hardest throw made anywhere in the majors this season. I'm probably leaving out about six or seven things, believe it or not. This young man can do things on a baseball diamond that other humans cannot do. And when I say that, I'm referring not only and not really to the production. When I think of, this isn't ranking him with these people, but just to throw out a couple of names here for some context, when I think of the best hitters that I've ever seen, I mostly think of contact guys going way back here a bit, but I'm talking about a Tony Gwynn, a Rod Carew, Pete Rose, Wade Boggs, those guys. But when I think of Cruz, I think about physical tools that other baseball players do not have. There is a reason that all through the minors, Cruz was able to hit, excuse me, home runs, and it didn't matter to which part of the field. He could reach down and just basically poke at a ball, and it would end up going out to left center the other way, and you'd go, what? What? What was that? That's not supposed to happen in this sport. And when he would run into one, meaning like really pull one, that it would go a mile. Willie Stargell lengths, as long as I'm dropping huge names on this segment. But then when you see the combination of that six foot seven frame being able to do what's necessary to be a productive hitter, but also to have all that strength and agility and even speed. That run that he scored on the sack fly from third, he covered 90 feet in 12 steps. 12 steps. Do the math. And it didn't even necessarily look like he was blazing. It's just that every step put him across the next state line. There's a saying among scouts of all major team sports that the one thing that never goes into a a slump is speed. Because speed's a physical tool that's there for you anytime you need it, whether you're winning or losing, whether you're streaking or slumping. The speed is there, unless, of course, you're hurt. But presuming that you're not, it's the physical tool. Well, this this freak of nature has so many physical tools 
that it defies belief that he won't become a star in the majors. How he has been ranked as the Pirates' number three organizational prospect, I've seen some have him at two, but more commonly it's been at three, how he isn't seen as one of the top 10 prospects in the game and has never been that, I don't understand. I don't understand, especially when it comes down to what it is that makes him special. Yes, he has the baseball skills. He's not any of the hitters that I mentioned, but he can get his barrel onto the ball, and he doesn't have to do much more than that. So it's almost silly to attempt to define him in the same prism as these other guys because he's able to do different things physically to the extreme that he doesn't necessarily even have to be super robotic productive. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Special is the word. I've been fortunate to have covered a lot of special athletes in Pittsburgh, in the Olympics, and in other walks of life. And I've seen Mario Lemieux with his six foot five frame yet remarkable coordination and agility, the likes of which the NHL had scarcely seen in its history. It was a physical tool. I covered Troy Polamalu had an explosive first step for the Steelers and an explosive, maybe even more explosive close on his tackles. The way he would just devour whoever it was that had the ball, even when you thought he was still going to be a yard or two away from getting to that guy. Mario and Troy both had so many other traits that made them truly great, but it started with the physical tools that were things that other humans did not have. I'm going to throw in one from the Olympics just for fun because I covered a whole bunch of Michael Phelps in the five Olympics, the three summer games that I covered. Athens, London, and Rio, and I have to throw Usain Bolt in there because he was in all three of those games too. Phelps had the body like a fish with the super long uh, upper body torso and the really long arms as if, you know, the the legs were just a, a fin, you know? And Bolt had, well, Bolt had a a build that's kind of similar to Cruz's, you know? And they were able to do things physically that others couldn't. When I watched Cruz in this game, that was what I locked in on. I locked in on what he was doing out there that other baseball players can't do. No matter how productive or proficient they are at their craft as technicians, 
I, I just, we're going to have a long, long time to talk about this kid. But I want to add here that seeing Cruz added to the base, the foundation of what's already here, reminded me of a discussion that I had with Kebrian Hayes going way back to Bradenton, where he, not me, he talked about the players that he foresaw as making an impact in Pittsburgh. He went around the room. We were sitting there, the clubhouse at Lee Com Park, and he's pointing to them in some cases or pointing to their stalls and saying, that's going to be the guy. That's going to be the guy. I reminded him of this conversation after the game last night. Listen to how he came back to it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like Jack got him in a trade. Uh, mm-hmm. Atreus got him in a trade. Uh, I mean, it just it just seemed like we were moving in the right direction. And um, I mean, you can see already just the impact all the young kids are already um, having on the club. And it's kind of like that fresh energy um, type of type of deal. And um, like our main goal is to try to play fast, to try to play faster than the, old, the older team and uh, things of that nature. So, um, but yeah, just that's that's what I was kind of saying. Like in spring, just making sure I know all these guys and making sure they're comfortable whenever they um, come up here. That we way, did talk about that. right away. They, yes, um, Bly. He's a guy that's been in the system for a while. O'Neill. He's already been big league camp a few years, and um, that way, whenever they come up, it's not new to them, and they can just be themselves and play to the best of their ability. Just shut up. He knows. They all know. They all know. The rest of us, we're just starting to see it. When we come back, J1Q. And today's J1Q comes from... John Banahaski, who writes after that game, Dayon, do you see Henry Davis coming up soon? I'd love to see all the young players grow together, and hopefully next year they can get some pieces in free agency like they did in 2013. These are are not related concepts, John, and the last thing I would do is rain on anyone's parade after the way things have gone for the Pirates, not just last night, but also including what Jack Sawinski did on Sunday. There are encouraging elements to this, especially as it relates to position players. But yeah, that's where I'm going. You got to have pitching, man. It's still, first and foremost, a game of pitching. Football is a game for the quarterback. Hockey's a game for the goaltender. Baseball is a game for the starting pitcher. And if you look across the rotation guys who are in place now in Pittsburgh, then you look at the rotation in Indy, then you look at the rotation in Altoona, you realize that where the real ceiling is still is in double A, and that's not imminent. You can hope for continued progress from some guys, like, I mean, it got lost last night, but JT Brubaker put up six zeros, and he's been mostly good other than one really rotten start where he gave up a ton of home runs, which he'll do from time to time. 
Mitch Keller seems to be getting some things together, and you know you can go through the rest of them. Zach Thompson, Jose Quintana is obviously older. The one guy that's here, one who you can say with conviction is going to be part of the starting rotation when things get good for the Pirates, I believe is Ruanzi Contreras. If that sounds unfair to Mitch, well, Mitch has to do it. You know, Mitch has to get it done, and then Mitch has to put himself into a position where he's going to be someone who's worth paying out those arbitration years and not getting fed up with and sending to another team so that, you know, they can turn him into something good and how all that other stuff goes. But yeah, you, you can look, as you apparently did, at the lineup and say, well, what about the rest of the everyday eight? If Henry Davis is up here, we've really got something. Because you can put together a second baseman, even a first baseman out of that. You've now got a whole bunch of outfielders after having none other than Reynolds just a couple months ago. And if Cruz sticks at short, you know, you've got that too. But this just doesn't, you know, this just doesn't work without the pitching. It just doesn't. And I don't see, to answer your question within a question there, the Pirates going and hitting free agency in some big way to bring in a starting pitcher. That's just actually not even part of the philosophy. That has nothing to do or little to do with being cheap and more to do with the fact that it's a really, really risky proposition that a team with a low payroll can't afford. What they need is for their pitchers who are in the minors. And the next name that I'd be looking at is Michael Burroughs in AAA because he's rocketed his way up through the system and he's done it with a steady major league sinker. And that's become the pitch du jour. Don't be surprised if Burroughs doesn't get a call in September. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. And we'll do another one of these tomorrow.